When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Unofficial Bengals Podcast. Welcome to the Unofficial Bengals Podcast. This is your host, Frank LaPlaca, and I'm a Bengals fan for life. All right, in this episode, we're going to review the Bengals game against the Cardinals, and we're also going to preview the upcoming game against the Seattle Seahawks. What's up, Bengal Nation? This is Adrian the Mad Backer Ross, and you're listening to the Unofficial Bengals Podcast. Who day? Cincinnati Bengals fans, I would like to introduce Frank LaPlaca. A decisive win. Burrow moving around in the pocket. Burrow to chase 15 times. Kind of looking like the good old days. The good old days weren't that long ago, so be prepared for some good new days. All right, so a 34-20 win at Arizona, just what the doctor ordered. Burrow was looking healthy. He was decisive. The arm strength was there. He was mobile. You know, honestly, I was a little bit shocked after the Titans game because I kind of felt that that was a low of the season. You know, we got blown out in the game. Burrow was getting assaulted, and I was just like, I don't know how anything's going to get better after this game. And Burrow's just getting healthier and healthier and looking like his old self. I just, I don't know what happened in, in the course of a week. I don't know... Did they shoot him up? I I have no clue. But you know what? We needed a swag game. Even though it was against the Cardinals, I don't care if they're at the bottom of the league talent-wise, no disrespect. We had to have a game where where we looked like the Cincinnati Bengals because we haven't looked like ourselves all year. And we had to show the league that we're not a punching bag. You know, if we had a struggle game or a loss against the Cardinals, the season just kind of caves in on you. And if they see that Burrow's not mobile, they're going to attack him in the same way that the other teams attacked him. So it was almost like... Almost like being out in the wild and being the animal that doesn't limp because the animal that limps is probably going to get hunted. And if you stumbled into this game or if Burrow showed that he still didn't have the mobility, I think it would have haunted us moving forward, especially with the gauntlet of games that we have coming up after the bye. Burrow had the 63-yard pass to Chase. I mean, that's the play of the year right now. He led him perfectly, reminiscent of what they did for the last two years. Burrow had two other touchdown passes. Again, his accuracy was there. He, he looked confident. He was moving around. He had that 10-yard scramble up the middle. Chase sets a record, 15 receptions, 192 yards, three touchdowns. Just a monster game and the all-time single-game Bengals reception leader, Jamar Chase. And the Cardinals were game-planning to not let Chase beat him. You know, they were doubling him. They were trying everything they could, and it didn't matter. We still completed 15 passes to Jamar Chase, three of them for touchdowns. And then the Ravens just can't seem to close the division out. They lose to the Steelers. Early in that game, it looked like the Ravens were going to destroy him. And then the Steelers just wore him down, had a turnover, came back in the end, won the game. So you have the Ravens at 3-2, and two, the Steelers at 3-2, and two, us at 2-3. Two and three. Brown's 2-2, two and two, but we're right there. We're one game behind. We're within a game of pretty much everybody in the AFC except the Chiefs, who we do play, 
and the Dolphins. They're the four and one teams. Everybody else, it's one game difference between the Bengals and them. So it shows how you can really recover your season. You know, people go by the stats of if you lose a couple of your first games, you're in big trouble. And yes, it is a big red flag, but if you stay the course and get your wins, you come right back. Last year we were three and three. We go to the AFC Championship game. This year, you know, with any luck, if we continue like we did against the Cardinals and defeat the Seahawks, we're now 3-3, three and three, same boat as last year, into a bye, and then getting ready for the long haul. Maybe we rattle off 10, 11 straight wins, and you know everything is just like it was last year because we certainly have the talent on this roster. It was just a matter of Joe Burrow not having the mobility and that stalling the offense for the first couple games. So whatever they did for this game, whether it was a magic elixir, whether it was shooting him up, which is not I'm not a big fan of, whatever, whatever they did to get Joe Burrow ready for this game, Please continue to do that because it was so nice to have our leader and the best player in franchise history back. The one negative, although we've won a couple in a row, they were against NFC teams, so we're still 0-3 in the AFC. you got to keep an eye on that. You can't stack up too many AFC losses, especially if you don't win your division. Now you're really fighting for a wild card spot. So we got to limit those AFC losses. They're the most deadly. And like I said, right now we're 0-3 and I would say you don't really want to have more than five AFC losses when it gets down to it at the end. All right, why we won this game? We won this game because Joe Burrow was the old Joe Burrow. He, he again, he showed mobility, accuracy, arm strength, just exactly what we expect out of Joe Burrow. And you see when you have a healthy Burrow surrounded by this talent and an upgraded offensive line, you can see that Burrow can take over games and this team is very hard to stop. Another reason why we won, Jamar Chase. You know, really one of the best wide receivers in the league. I have him as a top three. You know, everyone has a debate there. There's there's so many good ones. You know, it's a position that's constantly spotlighted. But Chase is right there at the top of the league, and he showed at this game. Moved around, played all the positions, and when teams don't get to focus on him and just double-team him on the outside constantly, he can do damage, and that's exactly what he did this game. So it was nice to see that, and it was nice to see him go through the whole 7-11, I'm always open, you know, that the viral interview that he gave, and then the next week he packs it like like triple. Another reason why we won, Joe Mixon, able to run some time off, keep keep it on the ground, turn us into third in, in manageables, manage the clock, just everything that, that Joe Mixon did. Run hard, tough yards, 81 yards, great game out of Mixon. You know, not a flashy stat game, but a move-the-chains, hard-running game, which wears down defenses increases your time of possession, gets you in manageable down and distance, and wins games. So, yeah, Joe Mixon, the third reason why we won this game. The fourth reason is all three levels of the defense. It's hard to really pick anything. Hendrickson had a dominant game. B.J. Hill had a couple hits on the quarterback. Halbert had the, the fumble recovery. Reader is just all over the place in the run game. So, you know, you look at the front, they had a great game. The linebackers were outstanding. Pratt had the turnover. Both him and Wilson had you know basically 20 tackles combined. They're all over the field. So the mid-level, the, the defensive play was working. And then you go to the secondary. And I'll talk about them individually in just a sec. But the secondary held its own. There was, there was no wide receivers lighting us up. The defensive backs were, were in the backfield making plays in the run game, blitzing and getting hits on the quarterback in the pass game. And again, not being vulnerable and letting any one player eat you alive as far as receptions and yards and touchdowns. So all three levels of the defense is why we won as well. And the last thing, and this will be the scapegoat for people that don't like the Bengals, is 
we played a Cardinals roster that's not that talented and a team that's expected to finish at the bottom of the league. You know, you, you can have those, as they call, homecoming games where you annihilate inferior competition. But the reality here is we saw Joe Burrow get mobile and get his rhythm going with Chase. You know, whether they're playing the Niners or the Cardinals or anybody in between, it's good to see them get that rhythm going. And we'll see how it continues. The Seahawks are better than the Cardinals. So we'll see how we, you know, meet up to that challenge. A week off, and then we face the Niners, pretty much the number one team in football right now. So that's going to be a good test for us. After a week off, hopefully we win this game going with some momentum and we come out ready to play the best in the NFL and see where we stand. The game flow was pretty easy. We jumped out to a 10-0 lead, looked like we were going to destroy them. They backdoor and come back. I give the Cardinals credit. They go into the second quarter, leading 13-10. We get the ball with about seven minutes left in the second quarter, and I was like, well, you know, the Cardinals are going to get it back again. And sure enough, we just drive down to under one minute, I believe. We get down to the half-yard line, can't quite punch it in. A time-consuming drive, which really helped as far as time of possession it got the defense to be able to rest and sure enough the cardinals go for it inside their 10 start messing around with pass plays and cam taylor brick gets the pick six which was basically like us scoring the touchdown on that long drive that ended up at the half yard line it was kind of payback for all that effort but really a game-breaking moment in this game we were to go up 17 13 at that time second half starts we always make the adjustments we basically come out of the locker room with the play of the year. The 63-yard bomb, Burrow to Chase. Touchdown, never looked back in this game. Some other individual performances outside of Burrow and Chase. Trenton Irwin had a day. Eight catches, a bunch of first downs. Did all the dirty work. You know, getting the tough catches across the middle. Getting popped on every play. A ton of blocking. He was on the ground constantly. He was just brawling and bawling the whole game and then he returns four punts and one of them was a 28 yarder I think the other one was a 21 yarder so just basically on all fronts wherever you need me coach you want me to be the glamorous receiver you want me to be the blocker you want me to be the returner just tell me where you want me to go and I love that kind of player and Trenton Irwin proved his value because he showed what a weapon he is it's just like he constantly gets open think about it he was open all game whether it was late improvising or designed routes, Trenton Irwin gets open consistently. And it doesn't matter if you're a 4-3 guy or you're a 6-5 guy or whatever whatever's out there receiver-wise. If you can play that way and just get open repeatedly, you're an amazing wide receiver. And Trenton Irwin is an amazing wide receiver, let's not lie. Tyler Boyd's six catches, Mixon with all the tough yards on the ground, Yosivash with his first toe-tap catch in the NFL. They got Kwame Lasseter Jr. a reception at the end of the game, and it was cool. It wasn't like we were rubbing it in on the Cardinals. They knew what was going on. We got him a reception in his home stadium. His father was like a legend there. He had so many people come to the game, so a really class move by Coach Taylor, and I'm glad, Kwame, you got your first catch but don't make that your swan song. Let's hopefully you see the lineup again this year and have a couple big catches and help contribute to a championship. I think the interior of the offensive line played well. Orlando Brown, a mistake or two, but he played well. Jonah, a couple mistakes, but he didn't play badly. Hendrickson on defense, game wrecker, two and a half sacks, bunch of pressures, and those sacks are like that. They come in bunches. You know, you could be sitting at like three sacks for a while, and then you have like a two or three sack game, and it really jacks that number up. So Hendrickson now has six sacks on the season, 
but it's really not about the stats. It's about how much he does on a down-by-down basis and how much havoc he causes in other teams' offensive backfields, and he does that consistently. We talked about B.J. Hill and Reeder and Hubbard, Pratt and Wilson with all the tackles. Secondary-wise, Hilton had an excellent game. And it was a shame that Jalen Davis came in and let up a touchdown. It's like it's tough coming cold off the bench and you're the guy they go right after and he lost his leverage and, you know, that's not going to look good on the highlight reel. But stick with it, Jalen. We, we definitely believe in you. But I wanted to briefly talk about the secondary. We are seeing the secondary of the future. I mean, Hilton's a great player. Awuzie is a great player. Those guys are hopefully going to stay around. Nick Scott, they signed as a veteran. But if you look at the young players, the first and second year players, Dax Hill is really coming into his own. Jordan Battle had a pretty good game, almost, some would say, almost a breakout game. Cam Taylor Britt, letting up more passes than last year, but he's an outstanding corner, had a huge play in this game. He can cover and he can tackle. And what are we finding out about DJ Turner? What do you say about DJ Turner? He can cover and he can tackle. So we're looking at a, a secondary in the, of the future pretty much in existence right now with Turner, Britt, Hill, Battle. And it's, it's low price because they're all rookies and first and second year players. So you're going to have a, a fairly inexpensive secondary for a long time coming. And, and that's a really good thing to have. It's hard to get that in that league. And when you can draft, it's such a benefit as opposed to having to pay corners you know, an upwards of $20 million in free agency. But that is certainly not a goodbye to Awuzie because he has been outstanding this year. And I almost hope they sit him this week against Seattle and let him get this week and next week off, come back strong against the Niners. DJ Turner will get a little more work in. But I am so impressed with Turner. Obviously, we love what Taylor Britt did for us. Dax Hill, Jordan Bat. I'm repeating myself, but I'm very, very happy with what this secondary is doing. So that's it. The Bengals were brought back from the dead. We saw the real Joe Burrow. We saw the top of the league, Jamar Chase. We saw an amazing defense. We saw Mixon take over a game. So let's just go one game at a time. We're 2-3 and three right now. And yes, I'm already looking at the games after the bye. But let's take care of Seattle at home, which we'll talk about in a minute. And let's just go to 3-3 three and three and get a week or two's rest. And then we'll, we'll re-adjourn. We'll start talking about how things are going to go after that. But the goal is win your home game against Seattle, and then you have some time to think about the second half of the year and rest your bodies. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, so let's talk about the Seahawks game. So this is a must win because it's a home game. And if you look at it on paper, it is one of the easier games left on the schedule. So this is a must win. Come back to 500. So the Seahawks come in with a 3-1 record. They're 14th in points scored. They're ninth in points allowed, so a good defense, an adequate offense. They're an opponent that we really don't see that much in our Bengals history, so it's kind of exciting when you see teams that you don't see a lot. But I don't think they're as good as their record. I know they're 3-1, and one, had a couple soft games. The jury's still out on what the Seahawks are. 
I think the Bengals are a better team, but I'm going to say that the Bengals are a better team than everybody. But so here we go. Seahawks coming in three and one record. Geno Smith, quarterback, had a great year last year. I still don't trust him as a top-notch quarterback, but he can hurt you. He's a veteran. He's not going to make bad decisions. Kenneth Walker III as a running back, he shows some flashes, got some speed. And receiver-wise, you know, they're going to be looking for Metcalf and Lockett. You have Noah Fant at tight end. So those are their primary weapons, and I think overall they lack skill position players. Obviously, Metcalf is great. Lockett's had a great career. But aside from that, you know, you're kind of putting them near the end of the pack is if you rated teams' skill positions. So they don't scare me a lot there, even though they have some game-breakers. Offensive line is a below-average line. Their best player appears to be Charles Cross at left tackle, and he's going to have our best defensive lineman, Hendrickson, on him. So that's going to be a dogfight, but it's looking like they can be vulnerable in other spots. In all honesty, I think both of their lines are mediocre. I don't think they have a great offensive line or a defensive line. And Wosu's a good pass rusher. Jaron Reed, who I know that we wanted, is pretty stout up front. You know, you have Wagner as a linebacker. He's always a factor. But, you know, as far as the strength of just strictly their offensive line, defensive line, I think we got them beat in, in both aspects. And it's hard to lose a game when that's the case. Corners are playing well for them. Jackson, Woolen, Witherspoon in the slot is playing probably the best out of all of them. So there's definitely some talent there. The safeties, it depends what's going on with Adams. I know he's coming off a concussion where he's really mad when he had to leave the field. Quandry Diggs is vulnerable. There's a lot to this team to attack. It's not it's it's a lot weaker than some of the defenses that we've seen already, which are just like the Browns defense is just consistent all the way through. The Ravens have a good defense. I mean, you know, the list goes on. So I think this is a good bounce-back game after a great outing by Burrow and Chase. I know the corners are playing well, but our receivers are playing well too. So when I see teams with good corners, I'm like, are you really going to be better than Chase and Higgins and Boyd and Irwin? I just don't think the Seahawks have enough offensive talent to overcome our defense. And I don't think they have enough talent on defense to keep up with our offense. So this should be a Bengals win. You never want to be overconfident. But as long as Burrow moves around like he did last game, I can't see us losing this, and we can't lose this. It's a home game, and again, we have the bye coming up. It's kind of a mixed blessing because you go into the bye with momentum if you win this. You know, two in a row, burrow and chase back, but then you sit for a week after that, so you lose a little bit of the momentum that you built. But I think guys' healing is more important than momentum, which can be created right after the bye. Imagine coming out of the bye and beating the Niners. I think momentum just got restored again times two. Next four, Niners, Bills, Texans who aren't playing badly, and the Ravens. So you have four tough games there. You know, again, we're not going to play the win-win-loss-win stuff. Let's just beat Seattle, go to 3-3, and and then we'll deal with this next four. Niners, Bills, Texans, Ravens. And earlier I mentioned resting Awuzie to give him the extra week to heal up before the Niners game and the big stretch. And I say the same thing with Higgins. Don't force him back this week against the Seahawks. You know, if they had a more talented roster, maybe you panic a little bit and get a Wouzier in there and, you know, maybe at least have Higgins trot on the field just to deceive them. But in this case, I don't know. I don't think it's worth it. I think we outrank them in talent enough to sit those players, let them rest, and use the players that we have. I mean, Irwin was outstanding last week. DJ Turner was outstanding last week. So if you're going to sit the starters to heal them, I think... A game against the Seahawks at home is a very good opportunity to do that. Perhaps the last opportunity to do that. Prediction for the game. 27-17 Bengals. Back to 500. The Seahawks can't keep up. They can't score as much as us. 
our three levels of defense stifle them on every level, and we just score several touchdowns and several field goals and have a bunch of successful drives and go back to 500, smack the whole world in the face and say, we never left, and we buckle down, we get a week's rest, and then it is on. That'll do it for this episode. I'd like to thank at Bengals Highlights on Instagram, the best page out there. Really cool highlights, really cool music. Definitely something you should check out. Thank you for listening to the unofficial Bengals podcast. This is your host, Frank LaPlaca, and I'm a Bengals fan for life. The unofficial Bengals podcast.